Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Luke 22. Let's begin reading at verse number 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Amen. Uh, with the help of the Lord, I would just like to, to speak to you today from this title for you to consider a perspective of purpose, a perspective of purpose. And you may be seated this morning. The Lord bless you. Amen. Trying to get back in the swing of things with, you know, starting off with Sunday school and then moving into the evangelistic part of the service. Uh, it's been a little bit, it's been a, a minute since we've, we've done this. Um, a perspective of purpose. Probably one of the most heart-breaking, depressing things that I hear people say so often um, is they'll say something along these lines. Well, Bryce, I just don't, I don't see the purpose. Um, I don't really get it. I don't understand what, I don't know what the, what's the point. Um, and it's, it's all over the board whenever you hear statements like that. Um, you know, they might be referring to some very specific things in their life, or they might be referring to just in the grand scheme of things. It could be uh, anything. Somebody could be talking about their financial situation and, uh, or their relationships. It might be spiritually when it comes to church and serving God. They'll say, I don't really see the purpose. I don't really understand it. You'll run across people where they'll say, I'm so exhausted. And uh, why should I keep trying? Why should I keep uh, putting forth the effort? I've been trying to do the right thing for so long, but it really doesn't seem to matter. Um, And they reach the point where they, in their mind, they have this perspective of there's no purpose. A few days ago, Mallory and I were at home with uh, Bennett and uh, Easton started school. Um, and uh, praise God that there's still some schools out there that encourage kids in their walk with God. We are so thrilled right now with where Easton is going to school. Uh, so Easton started school, so we've got Bennett just one-on-one time at home now. I come home for lunch. There he is, and, and he is just living high on the hog right now. Like, he has got all of the attention, and he gets pretty much anything he wants from his mom. And uh, no, I'm, don't let me fool you because I'm a sucker for him too. But um, so we were at home with him the other day, and he had been, he'd been saying something about his foot was hurting when he, were, he was walking around. He was talking about that his foot, every time he would take a step, his foot 
was hurting, and we didn't really think much about it. Well, after about 10 minutes, he came uh, running into the laundry room where Mallory was, and he says, Mom, he said, I think I figured out what's wrong with my foot, and he took his leg up, and he, and he pointed at his big toe, and there it was right at the, uh, on the bottom of his big toe was the tiniest little splinter. Just, uh, I don't even know how it happened, but the, I, I take that back. He runs barefoot everywhere, like just everywhere to get the mail to run out in the backyard. Yesterday it was raining. He said, Dad, I want to run out in the backyard. I said, all right, I dare you to run to the fire pit and back. And so there he takes off barefoot and all, and pretty hey, gumballs are going to be following soon, so I, I need to tell him about that. I need to educate him just a little bit. But um, So he has this splinter in, the, in, his, in his big toe, and then I the mistake of saying out loud that it was a splinter and then just the tears he hadn't cried up until this point he was making it he was living he wasn't going he wasn't headed to the doctor or anything like that but I said out loud that it was a splinter and terror began to just 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 pour into just deep within the heart of my four-year-old, especially when we said that we might have to use tweezers to pull it out. You would have thought I said chainsaw because I think that's what he had in his mind. He was not having it. I mean, not having it, and I'm thinking, okay, I gotta get this. I gotta get the splinter out, and like I'm trying to calm him down. He's just, I mean, I've never seen him cry tears like this, and especially when we made the second mistake of talking about infection, and then he he understands that. I know I'm winning Dad of the Year so far in this in this message, um, and uh, and I, I was like, buddy, we don't want it to get uh, infected, and tears and agony just begin to pour out of his, his little heart. And so for the next several hours, I mean, we were to the point, I was like, I guess I'm just going to have to hold him down, Mal. You, you, you get his feet and stuff like that. And he was kicking and everything you could think. We, if you have any tips on how to get splinters out of your kid's foot, please see me after church this morning because I don't know. I don't know. And you would think it's just a splinter to pull it out. It was right under the skin. You could not get it. In fact, I had to trick him. I calmed him down, set him on the couch uh, for a little bit, and I had his foot through my arm, and he didn't know I had the tweezers. He thought it was just my, my fingers, and he's watching a cartoon, and I'm just trying to, trying to pick this thing out. And I was being very gentle with him, but never could get it out. Never. It's probably still in there to this day, uh, so pray for Bennett. Um, but he seems to be doing okay, but... For, a, for hours after the fact that we couldn't get it out, he would sit there and he would cry. I mean, cry uh, 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 because he didn't want us to take out the splinter. And then he would cry because he wanted the splinter out of his toe. And then he would cry because we wanted to take it out of his toe. I was like, finally, buddy, you got to tell me. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to go or stay? Stay or go? We were all over the place. He didn't want any of it. He didn't want any of it. I, I've heard it said that, uh, that people uh, hate pain. I've heard it said, and I wonder if I asked you guys this morning, uh, do you hate pain? Uh, how many of you would say, I hate uh, pain? Yeah, I think most of us would. I, I think most of us 
uh, would say, yeah, uh, yes, I hate pain. I mean, if you were like, just like, kind of like odd, like just, if that's the nice way of saying it. Like, yeah, I should really enjoy a good backache, you know, from every now and then. But people would say, I hate pain. I would argue, I am gonna argue with you this morning, that that's not completely accurate. Now, this is just my opinion, but I don't think people just hate pain. What they hate is pain without a purpose. People hate pain when they see no reason attached to the pain. For example, if something bad happens, and they don't see a reason. There's a there's a car wreck, and and someone gets hurt, or you lose your job, and you and you wonder sometimes, God, where are you at in this moment, in this situation? I don't see a reason. I don't see why this happened. What's the purpose, God? I'm down here trying to do what's right. I'm down here trying to be a good person. I try to help people, and then this happens. I don't really see the point. I would argue that people don't hate pain. What they hate is pain without a purpose. Because the truth is, people can endure a lot of pain if there's a purpose. People can go through a lot if there's a reason. This is kind of crazy to me, but some people would actually pay money to experience pain as long as there's a purpose. I did it, I did it a few years ago. Whenever I paid good money to go and take part in a Tough Mudder event. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Tough Mudder is, it is a Tough Mudder. That's what it is. A Tough Mudder event is, is kind of like a mini marathon on steroids. It's, uh, you, you get the running part, but you also get the obstacle part. And here's a few names of the obstacles, and this is what some of them are. Entrapment. The gauntlet, the mud mile, the hero carry, where where you you run up to this event. It looks like it just looks like three football fields, and then you you gonna you run up and they say grab a partner. Now figure out who wants to go first. You jump on your partner's back, and they hero carry you halfway across this field, and then you stop and you switch. Trust me, your legs will remind you of it at the end, what you just did. That's one of them, hero care. Another one is electroshock therapy. This is the final obstacle. This is the one where you are standing there getting ready to run through these live electrical wires that are pulsing electricity through them at the very end. And they just tell you, just take off running. And, but you got to run through mud. Like if you picture like an Army commercial or a Marines commercial, that's what this is. Now, I'm not comparing myself to a Marine or anything like that. I respect our military, but I feel like I could be in the military after I went through something like this. Because I got zapped right in my ear, and I kid you not, I landed flat on my face. My hair didn't get muddy, but my face did. Mm, protect the hair. And uh, 
I said, you know what? I am not getting shocked again, and I army crawled through the whole thing. I mean, they probably look at me like, man, you need to be a little bit more braver. And I was like, nope, forget you, and I crawled underneath the wires. I probably swallowed some mud, ate some mud. That's all right, but I made it to the end, and I paid good money for that. I paid to endure that pain, but year after year, People sign up for things like this, even though it's painful. Why? Because there's a payoff. There's a satisfaction. There's this fulfillment, this sense of accomplishment, and they've already decided it's worth the pain. Our gym that we go to, they have a CrossFit section that they uh, recently opened up to people who want to CrossFit. And, and uh, while they were getting it set, it, up, it set up, before they actually required you to have a, uh, a, member, a CrossFit membership, so we just had a regular gym membership. We're like, we're going to be CrossFitters. Let's be, let's be CrossFitters. Let's go over there and let's, let's just kill ourselves. And, and that's basically what I, I tried it, all right? A 1,000 push-ups, 500 air squats, and 800 burpees. And that's just the warm-up. And then it's actually time to begin with the actual workout. And for those of you who don't know what a burpee is, Pastor Rice, would you help me out here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. He has to preach the second service, so I am not going to allow him to do something like that. But what was it? I remember, I remember going through it and dealing with the pain and all the sweat and my heart rate that is elevated to what I felt like was a dangerous level. But I remember leaving the gym, and I just felt this sense of accomplishment. Once I, the nauseousness wore off, I felt this sense of, man, I'm in shape. Like... I can breathe. I can go down these steps and up the steps, and I'm good. But there was this sense of accomplishment. There was this, uh, you feel better, and you have this camaraderie between your group, and you enjoy the people that you're with uh, because you're all in there, and you're getting better together. Uh, my wife isn't here right now, but uh, they're, 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 she's given birth to two beautiful children, and, and pretty soon there's a, a third that's about ready to come on the scene. And I've been in the delivery room for both of them, and I can tell you that women are absolute superheroes. They are absolute. That I could never be a woman. I could never. Never. And I don't even like to play and try and be like, well, you think that's paired. You should go through something. No. No. It is an incredible thing and it's painful for me to even think about but when you hold that baby it, those those months of pain and agony and unable to sleep the way you want to sleep those moms forget it why because the baby is worth it people don't hate pain they hate pain with no purpose and people can endure a lot of pain if there is a purpose, if there is a reason. I'm wondering how many of you right now, you're living in a season that you just, it just feels so completely uncertain. I mean, if you're living around where I live, I think everybody would say that this is not easy. 
I, I don't see a, a whole lot of good in this. There's a, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of pain. But my, my lesson, my message this morning is a simple one. There is a purpose in this season. There is a purpose in your pain. I want to read our text again. It's actually the words of Jesus. And if you're, if you're completely honest, um, you, would, you would probably agree that these words in our text, they're a bit frustrating. Some people are like, is that okay to say about the word of God? Like, oh, man, they're a little bit frustrating. Luke 22, verse 31 Jesus was talking to Simon, whose name became Peter. So this is Simon Peter. And Jesus says, Simon Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. And so Jesus is there having this conversation with Peter, and he's saying, hey, the devil wants permission to attack you, to try to hurt you, to test you, to put you through some trials. Jesus could have, he, he could have said, Peter, you're, you're, you're going to be embarrassed. You're going to be humiliated. Because you're not going, you're, you're not going to succeed. You're going to fall short. You're going to fail. And this is going to be a season that's more difficult than you could ever imagine. This is what he said. Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. And then Jesus says, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. That can be a little bit frustrating for you to read that. The devil wants permission to attack you, and Jesus says, okay, you can have permission, uh, but I'll be praying for you. I'd be kind of like, hey, can we skip the prayer, and can you just, like, run the devil on out of town? Like, you can do that. Can we just, can we skip the prayer, and you can just, you can just tell him to get out of here. You can just run the devil off. The devil's asking Jesus, hey, can I attack? And notice that Jesus didn't cause it, but for whatever reason, he allowed it, and he said, I'll be praying for you. I don't know about you, but it feels like we're a little under attack today. Just like, just like ongoing what, where, like, when is this thing ever going to stop? The, the frustration of people that are sick and people that are hurting that are in need and people that are losing their jobs and business leaders who have to make tough decisions, horrible decisions to let people go that they care for. And it just goes on another week after another week, a day after another day. And we wonder when in the world will our world get back to normal? When in the world will this end? Those of you that maybe it's more than just a, a, the pandemic crisis, uh, because how many of you know that your own day-to-day -day troubles and your own crisis and your own personal life, they don't get put on hold because there's a state of emergency. It's incredibly frustrating, and a lot of people are left wondering, God, where where are you at in this? God, every, every day it seems like a new attack, and, and we're left dealing with pain. And a lot of people feel that there is no purpose. 
Whenever it feels like the devil is attacking you, whenever it feels like the enemy is testing you, I want you to remember that it's important to remind yourselves that sometimes God's preparation comes packaged as pain. God's preparation comes packaged as pain. Sometimes God's preparation, it comes packaged as pain. In other words, hear me somebody, there is purpose in it. There is purpose in your heartache. There is purpose in your struggle. There is purpose in your pain. God might be using the pain that you're enduring to do something in you before he does something through you. There's purpose in it. The pain that we're experiencing may be preparation for the purpose that God has prepared for us. In fact, I want to show you this in the story with Simon Peter. Um, now, I don't know about you, but uh, Simon, uh, Peter makes me feel, uh, he makes me feel really, really good about myself uh, because he he messes up just over and over. He just continues messed up. How many of you have a friend like Peter? Uh, uh, where they just make yourself look better. Like, that's why you're like, yeah, you're my friend, but really, I mean, uh, the, the stupider I look, you always look stupider. Uh, it's good to have somebody like that in your life. Uh, everybody needs a friend like that. And so the devil comes after Peter, and, and he attacks him. And, and I want to show you just the high points of, of Peter's failures. There's so many of them, but we'll just look at some of the bigger ones that we see in Scripture. One of them is found in Matthew 16 where, uh, where Jesus actually predicts his death. He says, hey, I've got to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to, be, uh, I'm going to suffer many things, uh, uh, but I'll be killed, and I'm going to rise on the third day. And what does Peter do? He essentially rebukes him. No, not my Lord. Not far be it, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me. You're a stumbling block. And then Jesus calls Peter Satan. Satan. Now, you would think that would be the low point, being called Satan by Jesus. But it just goes downhill from there for this man. Here's the thing. Anytime Jesus calls you Satan, uh, can we all agree that that means you're probably what you're doing is not good? <laughs> it's okay. We, we, he calls Peter Satan. Here Jesus is declaring his divine calling, and Peter says to them, No, this isn't going to happen. Not my Lord. Not my Lord. Matthew 26 is another failure in the Garden of Gethsemane. As Jesus was wrestling with his calling, he tells Peter and others, he said, stay on guard, just, just stay awake, keep watch. And Jesus comes back a little while later and finds Peter taking a nap. John 18, later in that very same story, Jesus is arrested by some Roman soldiers, and he's going to do what he clearly explained he was called to do, and Peter again tries to stop it. He draws the sword. And this is kind of comical to me. He swings for the Roman soldier's head and completely misses his, he can't even hit the target 
He can't even accomplish what he's trying to do. He misses the guy's head, clips his ear, he cuts off the ear, and Jesus is kind of like, Peter, calm down. Like, calm it down. Put your sword back. Put it away. He's, what is he saying? You're getting in the way of my purpose. And this is funny. If you read the text, Jesus is like, basically like, find the guy's ear. Find the guy's ear. <laughs> go find. There, I just picture him running around looking in the bushes. Where'd that ear go? I know I cut it off or something like that. Here's the ear. Puts it back on. Jesus, I can just imagine Jesus goes and he heals the ear. Then there's the big one, big failure. And you see this whenever Jesus prophesied that Peter would end up denying Jesus three times, even before the rooster crowed. And Peter boldly said, that will never, ever happen. He's saying, I'll always be in your corner. I'll always be your guy. I'll always, if, if, you, can, he's, if you can count on anybody, Peter's saying, you can count on me, Jesus. You can count on me. And three different times, three times, little girl comes up and says, hey, aren't you one of the disciples? Aren't you the one that followed Jesus? And, and Peter said, I don't know who you're talking about. Three times. What's incredibly painful about the scripture is it says in Luke 22, that Jesus actually saw Peter do it, and their eyes met at the moment of the third betrayal. Scripture says, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. The pain felt like it was more than he could take. Peter outside, weeping uncontrollably, thinking to himself, I'm just a failure. I've let him down. I haven't lived up my potential. I'm a failure. I know so many people that feel like that right now that are outside weeping bitterly. I know those who are working right now, trying to make ends meet, trying to make it through this crisis, trying to do all that they can do and thinking to themselves, I just can't get it going. I'm trying so hard, but it's so difficult. People, young families trying to make it through, young families trying to homo educate their children, and they're feeling the weight of it all, the pressure. And a lot of times, they, at the end of the day, they feel like a failure. People are running around right now thinking to themselves, I'm supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit. I'm supposed to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But the only fruit that I feel and exhibit is anger, anxiety, and frustration. Fear, worry. At the end of the day, wondering where is God in the middle of this? Where was God in the middle of Peter's failures? Where was God in the middle of his pain and his regret? Where was he in the middle of his weeping? But there was a purpose, and there was a reason, because sometimes God's preparation becomes packaged as pain. 
It comes packaged as heartache. That's why I try to remind myself. I try to tell myself, Bryce, don't just look at life from a perspective of pain. This is so easy to do. It's especially easy in this season just to look and say, well, this is all it's ever going to be. This is how it, for the rest of my days, this is what I have to look forward to. And here's what's not fair. And here's what I used to have. And that's what's going on over here. And we used to be able to do this. And we were going to go here for vacation, but now we can't go there for vacation. And we were going to do this. And we had this plan and now this is just as great as it's ever going to be but don't just look at life from a perspective of pain but see your pain through a perspective of purpose realize that God may be doing something in you before he does something through you that's the difficult thing right now Feels like no purpose. Feels like what we're dealing with, all the road bumps, all the construction that we're having to weave through and slow the, the, the automobile down just trying to make it through all this stuff. It doesn't feel like there's any purpose. But God may have allowed it to strengthen you in a way that only this pain could strengthen you. The old adage is no pain, no gain. There's purpose. You just have to see it through that perspective. In fact, I love what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8, 28, one of the most quoted verses in all the Bible with good reason. He says this, we know that in all things, would you say all things with me? All things. We know that in all things, that means in the promotion and in the layoff. That means in the blessing of the relationship or in the breakup. That means when you make great decisions and you're proud of them or you make great decisions and you regret them. We know that in all things are good God works for the good of those who love him. And watch this, who have been called according to his, say it with me, purpose. He's, we've been called according to his purpose. God works in all things, everything. Whatever you're going through right now this season, God's working in it. God's working in it. Somebody hear me right now. God's working in it. God's working in this season. God's working in this moment. You might feel like pain. You might feel the pain and the heartache and you're struggling with it. God's working in it. God's working all things for the good. According to his purpose. What I want to do and what I want to help you do is change the perspective of which we look at life and help us to see his hand. Help us to know his purpose, even working in the middle of it all. And I know, I can only imagine what some of you are thinking right now. Because I feel for you. There are some you're thinking, but uh, you don't really know how much I'm hurting. You don't really know everything that I'm going through. You don't really understand. You don't, you don't, you don't really get it. And, and, you know, and, and some people make the mistake of, of thinking that those who stand up here with a microphone are, and stand behind a pulpit are less human or more human or less human. Excuse me. We think that we're like just, we just have capes up here and we're just, I'm just as frail as you. 
I'm just as broken. And some people, they just, they, they have this mindset of, he doesn't really get it. He doesn't really understand what I'm going through. But, and, and people are really hurting right now. But listen, maybe the very thing that you dreaded the most is what God might use to develop you in a way that only he can do that. In fact, the stronger the pain might be an indication of the bigger the purpose that God has on the other side. We talk about these words of Jesus and how frustrating they can be for the reader. I'll give you some other words in Scripture that are frustrating. James says this. He says, to consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That's just kind of plain weird. Consider it joy, pure joy. Like, hey, you're supposed to be happy when things are going bad. You're supposed to be happy when you're going through it like, woohoo, here's the problem. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Why? James, why? Because there's a purpose. There's a purpose. There's a purpose in your pain. James says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Hear me right now. There's a purpose in your pain. There's a reason. James says, let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Because sometimes God's preparation comes packaged as pain, as a trial. I want to look again in Luke's gospel. Luke 22, verse 31 and 32. I told you this was a frustrating verse, and it can be. Look at it again. Look at what Jesus said. Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Then watch, watch what Jesus says. And when you've turned back, Strengthen your brothers. I prayed for you. And the very thing that your spiritual enemy wants to use to hurt you, I'm going to use it to strengthen you. You will turn back. You're going to turn back. And when you do, he's saying you're going to be different. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be prepared for my purpose. The pain that Peter was going through was actually preparation. The weeping outside that he was going through was preparation. After the resurrection of Jesus, after he did fulfill his purpose and he gave his life and he rose from the dead, the first person to preach the power of his resurrection and forgiveness was Peter. The pain was the preparation to preach at Pentecost when he said, repent of your sins, because he knew what it meant to be forgiven. He knew what it meant to be redeemed. 
And the Bible talks about 3,000 people were born again on that day because God was doing something in the middle of the pain. Hear me, church, right now. You may not always see it, but by faith, I encourage you, choose to believe it. God, give me the eyes to see your purpose in the middle of all this heartache, in the middle of all this pain, and choose to believe it. Faith. There's a lot, there's a lot of people right now wondering where's God. God doesn't appear to be involved. God doesn't appear to be engaged one day. And it can be easy to be disillusioned to feel like God's not using that situation. What I have found as our music comes What I have found in walking with the Lord is if you look at life in any one snapshot, one moment, it can be easy to be disillusioned. To feel like God's not around. It's so easy to miss what God might be doing. We have our cameras on our phone and there's this neat little feature on the on the camera whenever you turn the camera sometimes you'll be up like close on an object or maybe you have such a large when we take our pictures up here on Father's Day and Mother's Day we have such a large group of beautiful people that stand up here that represent the mothers and the fathers of our church and we we try to fit them in but it's just so it's just so large and a couple of times we've had to use the pano mode Step back as far as we can step back, hit the button, and we just let it rotate over so we can pick up the whole picture. Because if we got really close, you might think, well, there's only four four mothers that go to Landmark. There's only five dads. But when you back up and you try to get it all in frame, and you try to see what's going on. What I have found is if you look at life over an extended period of time, you look over a five-year period and then glance back to that snapshot of pain, you can say, oh, there, there's, there's God. There's God in that moment. <laughs> there's God that night. I knelt down beside my bed, began to pray, God, I don't know what's going to happen five years now we look oh we see we step back and we can see the whole picture oh there there it is there's God he worked it out I didn't understand it at the time I didn't know why I had to I didn't know why I had to do it but now I see how God used it I didn't see it at the time I didn't see it when I was 18, when I was 20, when I was 25, when I was in my 30s. I didn't understand it. I would never wish it on anybody. I wouldn't want to go through it again. But I'm so glad because of what God did in me. I see it now. I understand. (laughs) By and by. There was purpose in the middle of it. Would you stand with me this morning?
there was purpose in the pain. And so by faith, we don't need to look at life from a lens perspective of pain. But instead, you need to choose today. I'm looking and I'm believing. I will see God's purpose. What will it be for you? I don't know. I don't know what it'll be for you. Some of you right now, you've lost. You feel like you've lost hope. You've got no idea. You feel maybe angry or frustrated or just worn out and afraid. Hear me right now. The greater the pain, perhaps the greater the purpose that's coming. How might God use it in your life? Let me ask you this question. What's on the other side of this? What's on the other side of your pain? What, have you ever wondered that? I, I know it's hard whenever we're dealing with it. When we're, we're, when we're on that road, it's hard to really stop and think, oh, I don't really, we're, we're focused on right here, right now. How can I take care of this? How can I get better? Stop wondering what's on the other side. When you have a perspective of purpose, that question will always come. What's on the other side of this? What's on the other side of this pain that I'm experiencing now? You may see the purpose and the blessing as God brings the healing. For some of you, I just believe there will be all sort of things that are birthed out of this season. I believe that ministries are going to be birthed out of this season. I believe that a harvest is going to be birthed out of this season. And when you have the right perspective, you'll see opportunities and ways to meet needs and, and to help people. What's on the other side of this? Some of you get it, and some of you are already wondering that question, and I praise God and thank God for it because you're already preparing yourselves. With all my heart, I believe that there will be those of you that this is very difficult, this is very painful, and this will, <laughs> this will rock some people out of their uh, spiritual complacency this season. That's what it will do. This time right now, this pain, it's knocking people out of their spiritual complacency, out of their self-sufficiency. And I thank God for it because sometimes that needs to happen to where we can come to a point of desperation where all we can do is cry out to God who is already there and willing to draw near at the moment that we draw near to Him. What's on the other side of this What's God preparing in your pain? What's God preparing in your struggle? Is it hard sometimes? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, but there's, there's a reason. There's a purpose. I believe our God is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You may ask Bryce, what's the, you may talk to me after I'm done and say, what's the, what's the purpose for this season? <laughs> Please don't because this will be an answer. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know completely right now. I'm literally leading my family day to day. I'm making my decisions day to day. I don't know. I don't know what the purpose, but with every bit of faith in me, I know God is going to show his faithfulness. I'm encouraging you to look for it, to search for it, believe that it's there because our God is that good and our God is that faithful. And when you turn back, Jesus said, strengthen your brothers strengthen make a difference declare the goodness of God declare his faithfulness give him glory in all that you do let his goodness be evident in every place every person that you meet the Lord our God is good two three weeks ago Anthony Trimble passed away and we, this church had prayed for him. The whole body of Christ had bound themselves together and, and prayed for this young man who was battling cancer for several years. And three weeks ago, they laid him to rest. This unbelievable life, a life that was worthy of honor. And if you get a chance, you can pull up his memorial service and you can worship along. And, and, and it was they just did an incredible job of honoring this young man who was a worshiper of God. <laughs> but one thing that really just hit me was the day that he passed away, his dad, Brother Tom Trimble, I follow him on Twitter and that's where I was getting most of my updates. And that very same day, he, he put out there letting everyone know that he had passed, that his son had passed, said he had, he's ran his race and it's over. The very last line that he said, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That man had a perspective of purpose. And he was strengthening those, letting those know that God is still good, that there's a reason. And maybe this season of pain is preparation for the purpose that is to come. I don't know what's coming, but I believe that something good is coming. I don't believe that the church is headed downhill in the last days. The Bible says, I will present unto myself a glorious church. Amen. We need to hold on to this thing and get the right perspective that there is a reason, there's a purpose for our pain. As you lift your hands with me and lift your voice, Father, we pray today for those that are hurting. We ask that the power of your... Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.